Welcome to Faith Family in the Force. I'm Oliver. And I'm Annabeth. Faith Family in the Force is a podcast about just that, our faith, our family, and our experiences as Oliver is in the Air Force. And on today's episode, we do a book review of God Strong. We hope you enjoy the show. What's going on, guys? So today, we're going to be doing a little book review. Mainly, I'm going to be doing a book review. Yeah, per the usual, (laughs) I have not read this book, nor do I know anything it's about. So, let's get to it. Okay, so it's called God Strong, The Military Wife's Spiritual Survival Guide. Nice. By Sarah Horn. Yeah, so what do you think? How was it? Okay, so bear with me because I read this book a few months ago and I have the book on my phone and the notes I took about the book on my phone. So I'm going to have to jump back and forth. So just... Little technological <laughs> challenges going on here. Yeah. Um, so the first thing though is she talks about her husband is in the reserves. Okay. So can you explain the difference? Yeah, so if you holistically think of the military, let's take the Air Force, for example, right? Um, There's kind of three components within the Air Force. You have your regular duty, which is also known as active duty. That is people who are getting paid by the federal government Um, who 24-7, you know, are in the military. Um, And then you have the reserve units, so your reserves, and these are the folks who do about one weekend a month, and then they do a couple weeks during the summertime or Mm -hmm. the fall, whenever that unit does it. Those are the people who kind of the idea is to augment the active duty So say if you're a reserve squadron, um, you're doing your normal weekend thing, you're, you know, a couple weeks in the month in the summertime thing. And then, uh, you might can then work into like a a deployment or something that needs augmentation. That's kind of the idea behind it. Uh, but those squadrons, the reserve squadrons do have full-time positions because it has to be continuously run and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of nuances that and that go into that. And then you also have the guard units. Mm-hmm. And these are a lot different uh, in regards to some like authority as well as where the money comes from. But those are state-owned. So you'll hear things like the Michigan Guard Unit mm-hmm. or an Indiana Guard Unit or whatever state. Um, Those are specific. Those are really cool options and things like that. Reserve Guard units, they're a a little bit different. It's a great way to serve um, in the military while also giving a lot to a civilian job or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, just wanted to clarify that. Um, But I'm going to start with this quote that she um, puts in the book, and it really explains basically like what the whole book is about. So she says, I came to another realization that the strength I'd run on for so long was only my own and that already seven months into the deployment, I was missing what God was trying to teach me, that my strength had absolutely nothing to do with it. Hence why the book is called God Strong. Nice. And she talks about 
getting strength from God through throughout the whole book. I like it. Yeah. Seven months into a deployment. So if I had to bet her significant other is probably in the army or the Navy. I think the army. I yeah. can't remember. So that, of course that the only reason I think that is because the army is, they do 365. So one year type yeah. deployments and stuff. Yeah. So at the beginning, she talks about at the beginning of the book, she talks about some misperceptions that she had that she like realized during this deployment. Um, and you're going to love it because we've talked about both of these on the podcast before. Nice. The first one, God doesn't give me more than I can bear. So it's up to me to handle it. Hmm. That was her misperception. We've talked about this before. Right. Um, that's not in the Bible anywhere. And if you think, oh, God won't give me more than I can handle, and then you are <laughs> throwing stuff that you can't handle, you know. Yeah. So she talks about that and talks about, obviously. The misperception of that. Yes. And then nice. how she got strength from God, not from herself. And then... The second misperception she talks about is God helps those who help themselves. So I should do as much of it as I can, Mm. which is she talks about that a lot more during the book, too, of just especially for military wives and moms when your husband's deployed and you're like, I can do everything still. I got this. And like Some stuff you can't. You just can't do it all. Absolutely. Yeah, those are both those phrases. Every time I hear people say those, um, it depend. There's a lot that goes along with yeah, that. But yeah. in regards to, you know, being home during deployments and for military wives and spouses and moms and dads and stuff who who are doing it while their significant other are gone, that is definitely it's tough. That's for sure. Yeah, um, and then also at the end of each chapter. There's like notes or letters kind of written by other military wives. So you get different perspectives and um, anecdotes, I guess, from them about whatever like the chapter was about. And then she also has Bible verses and questions at the end of each chapter, too. That's cool. Um, So if you wanted to like do this with a group of people or just kind of dive into it a little bit more. She kind of gives you that at the end of each chapter. Yeah, I like it when books do that, especially not that this is like a self-help book, but it fit, kind of fits that genre. Yeah. It's a really broad category. Um, but where they they have excerpts and anecdotal stuff like that, and it just really brings that connection. And then obviously questions to get you thinking. For sure. Okay. And then going on, another quote she says that I stuck out to me Um Our weaknesses are not reflections of our faith. Our weaknesses are just reflections of our humanity. Mm. And I think that a lot of times, even like growing up in a Christian environment, sometimes you can get told that like, oh, if you are struggling, if you don't are questioning something, that's like because your faith is not strong enough or whatever. And like that's 
not the case. It's just that we're human and <laughs> of course we're going to struggle and question and mess up and all the things. So I thought that was a really good quote. Yeah, that's awesome. I have been listening to this like study about this 18th century Danish, like really great mind theologian kind of guy. Uh-huh. And it has a lot to do about faith. And he kind of coined the term like blind faith. And the amount of time the these experts have been just talking about what is faith and everything that's involved with it, it's super, super interesting and not to detract from that, no, but fine. it is definitely one of those things that, uh, it's hard to, cause I mean, I've been told that I've told people that incorrectly, I'm sure. Um, and not anymore, you know, like faith is, it's tough first off to define and second off, like to gauge where everybody's at with that, especially when you're going through trials and tribulations and having difficulties. So, yeah. Um, and then another thing that she said that really stuck out is sometimes we base our faith on what we're feeling. Mm. And if we like go off of our feelings all the time, like it's not just not going to be good. She says feelings can't be indicators of your faith or belief because feelings come and go just as surely as sun and rain. Belief and conviction are much more certain. The sun will come up every day, regardless of whether I can see it. Um, And then she quotes C.S. Lewis um, from Mere Christianity. And he writes that faith is the art of holding on to things your reason has once accepted in spite of your changing moods. Mm. We're emotional creatures, and whether we're going through deployments or struggles in life, our emotions can often get the best of us. And they're unreliable because they can change with the weather by the month, the week, even the day. Wow. You like reading that? Like, I'm going to be like that or say this, like okay. this made me think of like 15 other people in my mind that I'm like, <laughs> I wish I could hear this. And obviously I need to hear this sometimes, yeah, for um, sure. but I'm like, that is, that's good stuff. That in, that in itself, well worth the read, I guess. Yeah. And then I like that she kind of throws out all the things we just mentioned, but then she's like, gives you not necessarily the most practical things, but like gives you some things of like, how can we combat, you know, when our feelings are making us like question our faith Mm -hmm. or how can we combat when we're like feeling like we have to do it all or whatever. And so she kind of lists some verses of God's promises. um, One being second Corinthians 12, it says, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Um, and then she goes on Philippians 4.19, Isaiah 50.70, 1 Corinthians 1.9, Zephaniah 3.17. So she kind of gives you verses of like, okay, what can you go back to that is solid, like that God has promised that's not changing even though all this change is going on around you, even though you might not feel like the most faith filled person right now. Um, what's like solid that you can look back on even when your emotions are changing or your circumstances are changing or whatever. Yeah. I just like in general, there's something to be said about like having a good, 
pulse on what your emotions are and the things that you can and can't change or have control over. And that takes a very one emotionally intelligent person to do that. And two, it takes time. Like as you grow older and stuff, you're going to get better and better at that. And it's going to change and have different shades, if you will. Um, so it's not always going to look the same as it did a couple of years ago and it won't look the same in the future, but that's good stuff. For sure. And that's kind of what she goes on to say of that's why it's so important to keep our faith active, um, keeping our faith in an active state rather than a dormant one um, through the good times, the easy times keeps us ready for when we experience the harder moments life brings us. Weaknesses will always be there, but it's a different experience entirely when you realize that God's strength is carrying you through. That's good. Those wor- those words are good. Yeah. Um, and then she kind of goes on to um, explain that further, like m- my strength versus God's strength. And so she kind of says, me strength is what it says in the book, which is weird to say. But so me strength is messy, undisciplined and unfocused. Me strength runs hot and cold in spurts and flashes with no warning. It might give out. Me strength tricks us into thinking something is easier when really we're simply enduring. Me strength requires work, backbreaking work. You will struggle. Um, sure, eventually you may accomplish what you set out to do, but it will be hard to get there. But God's strength, on the other hand, is steady, fluid, constant, consistent. There is quiet rest and tranquil knowledge with God's strength and internal assurance you are not alone. When you feel God's strength, you feel the same security that a child feels being carried. And the pair of strong arms, um, like when your parents are carrying you, like yeah. feel safe, secure. And with God's strength, there's no longer an inward focus, but an upward view. Nice. Yeah, seeing me strength as like a, a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, that took me a second, but yeah. no, I like I like it. Like the thing is me strength versus God's strength. Yeah. The pros and cons and that's good. God's going to be better every time. <laughs> God's strength greater than me strength. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, and then she uses an acronym very military of her nice i was one that was my <laughs> question on the tip of my tongue please tell me there's acronyms in this book okay so she talks about pace pursue act concentrate encourage so that has a an actual meaning that's an actual military acronym oh for, really yeah it's for communication response but say say yours one more time and then i'll say what it should mean um pursue <laughs> act concentrate encourage yeah so it's like a communication plan primary alternate um contingency emergency or maybe the c's probably wrong in there (laughs) i've never tried to get that far in it but i like that's better that is much more life-giving than a communication plan. yes so um when we think about our pace we must first think about how we pursue god to pursue means to follow strive after search for um so i mean are you doing that at all? How are you doing that? You know? Right. And then act. It's not enough to just be willing to pursue God. We must also be able to act. (laughs) Um, The second step in keeping pace. So 
Nice. Pretty. Pretty straightforward. Self-explanatory. Um, and then concentrate. The third step in our pace to be God strong is to concentrate. When I'm running on the track, I have a certain goal I want to accomplish. Um, I know that if I don't concentrate on my speed, my stride, my breathing, I might not reach that goal. And you might speed up too early or not enough, yada, yada. Um, and in life, same thing. I have to stay focused on God. Pursue, act, concentrate. Mm-hmm. And then the E. Encourage. Encourage. That brings us to the last step. We need to remember encouragement. All of us need encouragement, obviously. Um, And then she asked the question, which I thought was interesting. Do you encourage yourself more than you put yourself down? Ah, that's good. I mean, you could have a whole podcast just on that whole premise, (laughs) which we say about at least one thing inside the podcast. For sure. Um, Yeah, that's like just the old. Like, I mean, we're our toughest critics, right? Mm -hmm. You know, no one's going to be more upset at you than you for missing a deadline or not doing something correctly or or not reading your Bible that morning, whatever the case is. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. For sure. Um, So then moving on, she goes on to say, talk about um, our purpose and she says believe that God has a special purpose for each of us who are called military wives we have an incredible opportunity to be blessings to our families to our other military wives and to the communities in which we live and work but many of us are still at the starting line because of our fears some of us have made it around a couple of laps but have slowed down because of fear yeah That's, um, I think not only in the military wife world and Mm -hmm. from what I've seen with you and everything, but just like in making friends as military couples is like, it's, you're thinking like, oh, these are some brave people. They're in the military. They go off and do dangerous things (laughs) and blah, blah, blah. They fly planes and blow stuff up. That's cool. But they're brave. But the reality is like, they're also some of the most afraid people (laughs) when it comes to committing to friendships and like pursuing and acting and Mm -hmm. concentrating. See what I'm doing here at the pace. Yeah. Yeah. I like it for sure. And I think, I think a lot of times military wives can be, I think there's a, a good balance of course, but I think sometimes like you can be, Oh, that's my identity. Like that's me. That's it. Right. I'm a military wife. And then you have the other end of the spectrum of like people that they don't want to be known as that. Like they're so much more than that. They have their own career and mm-hmm. all this thing, which is great too. Um, but I think there's a balance in between there of like, you are a military wife and that is part of your purpose right now. And God can and will use that. Um, it's just like, are you willing to step into that role are you willing to get past the fear of making new friends of moving of deployments of whatever you know so that god can use you in this role and in this season nice i like that i like that a lot yeah it's uh the identity thing's huge you know Uh, i think you see that a lot as well as 
just accepting the fact that just you're part of something kind of whether you married into it or you married and then that happened or whatever the case is For sure. um it just it is what it is so so like a lot of things you just kind of have to make the best of it and accept that god's going to be glorified and that's ultimately what matters yeah so the next part she starts talking about loneliness how long is this book because i feel like she knocked it out of the park like where we're at it's pretty short it's like 160 pages or something like that it's dense (laughs) yeah i love it i didn't even read it and i I feel like i don't have to now um yeah so she starts talking about loneliness um she says when we are dealing with situations of loneliness deployment's prime example our human nature wants to focus inward we want to shout what about my needs my feelings my hurts god wants to use these heart pains to get us to look up He wants us to realize that he is meeting our needs, that he understands our feelings and holds our hurts in his hands. It's another one of those things I wish like 15 other people could hear right now (laughs) because that was so good because it's counterintuitive. Like when you're lonely and you're, you're hurting, you're like, I need some attention. I need to me. But in reality, like the answer is kind of quite the opposite. For sure. I think, that kind of goes in one thing I've noticed and loved about the military wives and the spouses, the military spouse community as a whole is the amount of like volunteering and outreach and stuff they do that really drives that whole concept home. For sure. Um, And then she talks about kind of when our husbands are deployed, we don't, mean to but often like we put so much like just on our husbands instead of trusting like what God should be fulfilling for us we like look for our husbands to fulfill um we place our hope trust and security in our husbands instead of in God and there's a term for this relational idolatry Mm. an act of placing a responsibility for my well-being on any relationship other than the one I have with God when I expect that my husband will be the one to make me happy I expect he will solve all my problems and meet all of my needs but if we see our husbands as the sole source of our happiness then when they are away from us focused on the mission they've been assigned well there goes our hope trust and security and in walks self-pity Jeez, <laughs> I like kind of not harsh, but like she no, was not holding back, no, you know, it's like, it's like getting cut. It's like a deep cut, but like, it's, I don't know. It's, that's good. I mean, in my head, I'm like pinging around like is marriage relationship idolatry. Like, should people even get married now? Like <laughs> I've never thought about this and I don't, obviously that's like a huge, a whole nother podcast and I need to think about this for years. But no, that's, that's good. And cause I've, we've always talked about so many people, military community, wherever people in general have, everyone has a little God shaped hole in their heart. Um, and so many times, and I'm super guilty of it. And Annabeth is of like feeling it, filling that hole with things that don't fit because mm-hmm. there's only God that can fit that. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes those are just for small seasons. Sometimes it's a lifetime for some people. And then other times it's just like, just not the same. Yeah. 
I don't know. That was, yeah, it's super good. Um, so then she uses Ruth as an example. Like Babe Ruth? Um, no, Ruth in the <laughs> Bible. Um, so if you don't know the story, just I, I'm not going to explain it all, but go read it, I guess. <laughs> Google Bible Ruth, not Babe Ruth. Yeah. Um, but she like loses her husband and she goes with her mother-in-law um anyways so she wasn't certainly wasn't choosing the easy road and um didn't choose to go home she chose to stay with her mother-in-law ruth was taking a chance that her own loneliness might increase but still she wanted to follow god and so she decided to go and then once she got there she didn't just sit down on the couch and wonder where her life was going now she got up she went out um, she had two choices. She could give in to her, her circumstances or she can make the most of them and embrace the place where God had put her. Um, this is what we must do when we are faced with a season of being alone. We can't let loneliness turn into a season of self-pity. Instead, we must treat it as a time of growth, a moment of renewal, and a period of hope for the joys to come. That's good. I need to reread ruth yeah and go back and look i didn't think about it. it well when any time i've studied it before i didn't think of like the loneliness aspect of it really right. um and really how she made the most out of a not great situation <laughs> yeah that's it's definitely i think something that you and i talk about no matter what opportunities or things that are going on in our military journey that we're currently on it's always like hey how can we make the mess of this opportunity if we have to move to texas or north dakota or wherever <laughs> right we're like hey that's okay like this part may be difficult and it may suck a little bit but like imagine these cool opportunities yeah and it's uh, i like i am a hopeless optimistic <laughs> you know and a romantic all at the same time but the reality is like we i think living my life with that that lens of hey like i'm gonna make the best of this it helps me sleep better at night and i i find i'm more happy more happy happier uh about things going on and you know i call it what it is when things are going bad too but still like it's always an opportunity yeah for sure um and then she she talks a lot about loneliness honestly so she goes on to say we often believe that loneliness is not our choice. After all, it isn't our choice that our husbands deploy or that we're forced to move. Um, but those circumstances, those are circumstances that leave us alone, not lonely. We choose whether we are lonely when we decide to reach out to others or stay to ourselves. When we stop being willing to connect with God or with and with other people. Um, or we find groups and activities we can be a part of when we refuse to admit we need anyone, including God, or we are honest with ourselves and confess that we need help. I like the differentiation between being alone and being lonely. There's a, one of my favorite emo bands, <laughs> modern baseball. They say that and I'm not lonely. I just like being alone. Yeah. But I mean, it's good to call it what it is, you know, like, Hey, like you're not lonely right now and you could get there, but really you're just alone in this time. 
Yeah. And I think that's like a really good reminder of when your husband leaves, like, okay, I'm alone. I feel alone, but I don't have to like, I have a choice here of what I can do. And, and I think sometimes it's good, like embrace like being alone. I think that's good for us. And like, we can really grow and learn from that. But also, you know, reach out. You don't have to be lonely the whole time your husband's gone or when you move to a new place or whatever. Definitely. So this book was only like, a, was this like 100 pages on your phone? Or like, because now, phone. okay, so now I'm like trying to figure out <laughs> if it's 100 pages. Never mind, guys. I'm I just, don't know. I digress. <laughs> okay. Um, this part I thought was so interesting. So she like does these events or used to, I forget what year this was written also. It was not recent. Um, and so she like meets this woman and basically is trying to help her because her husband's deployed. She has like a bunch of kids. She's super tired and all this stuff. So they're trying to like get someone to come over and like help her a couple hours a week or whatever so that she can get some rest and all of that. So she talks about um, exhaustion doesn't just weaken the immune system. It can also heavily impact our perspective on what we're facing. And I was like, oh, man, like we all need to hear that because I think one just in life, like when you're like, I'm having the worst week and you're like well it probably would help if you just like ate some food and took a nap and you wouldn't think it's as bad as the <laughs> toddler is. theory yes just but it's eat, so true have a snack and take a nap and so when your husband deploys and you are not setting yourself up for success you're right. not like exercising you're not eating well you're not sleeping well like, of course you're going to think everything is going wrong and that it's way worse than it actually is. But really, you just need, like, a good night's sleep. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm I, with you. I agree. Like, a lot of things can be, you know, chilled out with uh, and calmed down with just a solid night's sleep and uh, some good food and especially decision-making, right? Like, I would never make decision. <laughs> decisions sleepy or hungry that's for sure yeah i know um okay and so then she just kind of talks about um keeping our eyes on jesus and (laughs) just this little part about (laughs) focusing on the lord just the importance of that um and i'm trying to find the Oh, here's some Page. of the te- technological I know. challenges. Um, yeah, in my head, in my heart, I know that Jesus is everything we need, but making that, like, oh, I know, I know, but then actually, like, acting that out, I guess. Mm, yeah. No, that's, that's, uh, that's tough. Yeah. Um, so she says... 
Jesus is everything we need, but I couldn't help picturing how those words might sound to a military wife in her ninth month of a deployment, who has a car that keeps breaking down, and a child who is throwing up, um, a wife who hasn't gotten a good night's sleep since her husband left, he spends what time she does get to herself in the bathtub with tears rolling down her face. Easy to say those words in a church service, um, much harder to whisper them in the chaos all around you. If you said those words, would you believe them? And if you believe them, would you trust that they are true? Can you say those words today? So I like, I mean, she's not saying like, <laughs> she's saying like, I know this is hard. Like I get, I totally get if you're like, yeah, that's not helping me <laughs> or whatever. Um, so I like that she's like, I'm not sugarcoating this. Like I, I understand it's not as simple as just oh yeah yeah, god god's everything i need we're good (laughs) like i mean just from that excerpt too it sounds like that was is personal and like she testified to that so i mean the credibility for sure and uh anyone who's been through deployments and has things going on like can feel that so yeah um so then she talks about well one the gift of grace and how much we need it and how much God gives us grace. Um, that we don't have to be superwoman, We don't have to be super military wives. Um, all of that. And then she goes on to talk about, which I thought this was interesting, like asking God before we go throughout our day, like, what should I do today? (laughs) Which sounds like simple, but like, we don't really do that. Like before I make our plans for the day, what should I do today? Um, and I think just like, I think almost just like having a, a conversation with God about like, okay, what do I prioritize today? What can I say no to today? Or what should I say no to today? What should I say yes to today in a like God view, not in like a, this is what I think I should get done today. This is like, I really need to clean, but maybe God's like nudging you to be like, no, let the cleaning like take a step back from the cleaning today and say yes to like taking your kid to the park instead or say yes to going to coffee with a friend or you know whatever right no that's that's good definitely interesting yeah um okay hold on (laughs) keep talking there's more i am not like I want to look this up on like a PDF <laughs> version because I'm not convinced this has to be like a 400 page book. Um, it's not. It's it's good, but. Okay. Oh, sorry. She doesn't have like what's besides being a military wife, like theological background or anything, which is just straight up. Here's this book I wanted to write. God's she's song. written um, several books. Ah. This is just the one that she's written about military things she's written other books um yeah so (laughs) next she talks about let me see 
um, God like bringing you to a specific place to do something specific. <laughs> um, so she kind of talks about like, this is the life that I have been assigned by God. It's my assignment. Um, now that is a thought I can wrap my head around. Finally, things start making sense. God has brought us here to do something. And she talks about they moved to North Dakota and she was like, what the heck? We're like basically in Canada. (laughs) Um, and her husband's like, you said we, you know, joined the military so we can see new places. And <laughs> she's like, I didn't mean this place, <laughs> you know, like not happy about it. Right. Um, and just like talks about the cold weather. It's like negative 40 and snow. And she's like, why? Why, God? Um, and of course, like ends up loving it she um god was faithful blessed her with friends um and she found opportunities instead of roadblocks and the assignment has given them wonderful church home and a job that she loves and all of this stuff and i think another like good reminder like yes the military is telling you where to move but like god has a plan for like really god set this up he has a plan for you he knows who you're gonna meet he knows who you're gonna become friends with he knows who where your kids are gonna go to school and all this stuff even if you're not (laughs) thrilled about it that he does that he does and obviously it's like frustrating because you're like please just make me a PowerPoint presentation of what to expect and what to see, you know, that's always the the frustrating thing because we're not in control sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Um, then she starts talking about mindset, which we are all about. Let me find the page. We're almost done. Um, Oh, the quote was not hers, but she said, change your thoughts and you can change the world. Or you, sorry, and you can change your world. Change your focus and you'll change your life. It's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, I think that's true because sometimes we can't change any of these like where we're living what your job is like what you're deploying you know whatever but we can change the way we think about it yeah yeah it's 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 just a super interesting dichotomy especially when you have the military stuff in there yeah um because you like you have an opinion you have a choice but you don't really it's like a it's like it's, it's very smoke and mirrors sometimes. Um, but I, I will say probably since she's written this book, like you said, this is, it's probably what older than five years. I would yeah, assume. I think so. Um, like things have gotten better in the military in terms of 
choices and stuff, but there's also things are like, sorry, man, like this is what's going to happen. You guys are going to move and it's not where you want to go. And by the way, your job is going to be a little bit different and all this stuff. So it's definitely one of the most unique challenges about being in the military is the, the fact that at the end of the day, like you just have to say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And kind of, as they say, shut up in color. And, uh, (laughs) <laughs> but the good news is you're going to be taken care of. Yeah. So. Um, and along with that, her she talks about choosing joy. Um, and I really liked this, like, challenge she gives. Um, so this is what can happen to us as we live the military life. Because we're so often pulled out of our comfort zones, we grab on to what we know. We hold on to what we can, and we live our lives in small ways. We stop risking hurt to help others, and instead we shore up our hearts, stay in our self-made boxes, keeping our families close and others far away. We don't go to meetings on base or the post where we live. We don't socialize with other wives from our units because we don't like the gossip that goes on. We don't socialize with other wives from our churches because we don't like the gossip that goes on there either. So in an effort to close out everything bad, we say no, and we close out anything that could be good as well um like making a new friend sharing jesus with someone who doesn't know him being an encourager to someone who really needs it we stay away from wide open spaces and we miss out on the joys those spaces can bring yeah it's definitely uh i've seen it firsthand people you know kind of given to that like I just because I'm worried it's a fear thing it kind of gets back to what yeah, we were talking about earlier sure. it just drives from that fear yeah I I just love the question like are we keeping our lives small hmm. just because and we're holding on to things because we can't control a bunch of other things so we just hold on so tight to what we can control and then we miss out on a lot of other opportunities because of that yeah for sure I thought that was really good. Okay. Um, and then she talks about, she talked about encouraging yourself. And then she asked, you know, do you have friends that are encouraging you? Um, and when you move places, when you're making new friends, like look for the ones who are going to encourage you, who are going to cheer for you. Um, because we definitely all need that. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think it's so so nice to be encouraged and celebrated, you know, when you're, you're telling somebody, Hey, I think I'm going to step out of my comfort zone and try this thing, mm-hmm. or I'm going to go back to school or do, do blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you go like, that's awesome. Like, how <laughs> yeah. can I help? You know, it, it gives you that little confidence boost. Yeah. Big, big fan of that. And I think you have to find again, like people that are going to tell you the truth and tell you the thing, hard things that you need to hear but also encourage you like you have to find the balance because um, I think you want both for sure. Absolutely. Realistic uh, encouragement. Yeah. Um, and then she says, I thought this was very interesting. We lose our joy when life becomes work. Yeah. I was thinking about this today, actually, like being a, a pilot and just in the flying community, um, you, you get involved with those people who love flying and they love it so much. And then I've, I've like seen it and experienced it. With my like own eyes, all these people who 
when it becomes their job and all of a sudden they are like, Oh wow. Now this thing that I love doing that they did beforehand has now become work mm-hmm. that you see that love start to, to fade a little bit and then yeah. it kind of goes away. And then after they take a break, it comes back. It's yeah. kind of, and that, you know, regards is super interesting, but I could, I can see that. Yeah. The other thing she says can make us lose our joy is when, um, we see all of our inadequacies back to the year, your toughest critic and that whole mentality, like yeah. the hardest person on yourself. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and then she tells us how to keep our joy. Um, I can have joy by being content in my walk with God, knowing that it's not about the destination, but the journey. You hear that? I don't agree. <laughs> that I, quote I, all the time. Yeah. I'm not a, nah, I don't know. <laughs> You're not a journey guy. <laughs> it's, so read it one more. What does she say? Um, by being content in my walk with God, knowing it's not about the destination, but the journey. Hmm. When she, cause she throws walk with God in there about yeah. destination and not, it's a, it's about the journey, not the destination or however she says it. Yeah. That kind of changes the whole, mm-hmm. the, the question up a little bit, but. I mean, that's one of my favorite things to talk to people about. Are you a journey or a destination kind of person? That's a good question. It is. It is a good one. Yeah. Then you get the, you know, and then <laughs> flip flops. Yeah. So it depends on what day of the week it is. Yeah. And then um, she says, we can have joy when we look for blessings instead of curses. Agreed. Um, we, you, that's like a very common, like, oh, write down your things you're thankful for and it changes your week or whatever um and then the other one she says is i can have joy because god does not just restore us he retools us through every experience we go through good or bad yeah uh retooling i think that's an interesting way to say that too yeah kind of being created new refreshed For sure. Um, And then the next thing she talks about is the habit of worry. Worrying. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. (laughs) That's a a huge military thing. Worry about everything. Yeah. Or complain. I'm surprised she didn't talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. That's so true. Um, Yeah. And she again talks about God's promises and it's harder to worry when you're reading God's promises and you're in the word and you're praying, you know, that's how you combat it, I guess. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I kind of think about it as like listening to Caleb compared to just listening to like, if you're down or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Listening to sad music and just waller in your self pity and, you're just sad, but you know, listen to uplifting, like the environment you choose to be in can have an effect on you. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then she talks about just getting connected, connecting to God through worship and, um, getting connected with people in your church and how important that is. Super, super duper important. Yeah. So, that was basically it. <laughs> yeah, you pretty much read the whole book here. So welcome to the Audible here, audiobook on Strong God. 
God strong. God strong. <laughs> See, I don't, yeah. Who? So, last question. Mm-hmm. God strong. This book. What would you rate it out of ten, and would you recommend it? Okay. I mean, I think obviously you would recommend it because we talked about it on the podcast for yeah, thirty yeah, minutes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, probably six or seven out of ten. Okay, six and a half six out of ten. Half. Um. I think. I wanted a little bit more practical things, solutions to the problems she pre- talks about. Um, I think she does cover like a lot of common topics and worries and um, I don't know, things that military wives go through. Um, I liked the boldness and kind of calling out people for some stuff and Um, I think it's really, really great if you are a new Christian, like you're a military wife and you're newly Christian and like how to, how do those two things work together? Or if you're just like questioning, like how, how do I trust God with this military life or how do I like make the most in my relationship with God? while also having to deal with the military kind of thing. Nice. Six and a half out of ten and a pretty solid feedback synopsis of it. Yeah. I like it. So I I enjoyed. I'm <laughs> glad that you read the entire book and uh, we got to talk about it and stuff. That was, was a lot of fun. So anything else? I think that's it. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs>